really do. You're a 21 year old punk fucking kid. This grandpa's giving you everything all your fucking life. You've never had a car payment, a house payment. Everything you live in was given to you by grandpa. You fucking don't know what it's like to work for a fucking living like I do. To bust my fucking ass and do what I do. And you know what, Sean? You fucked me, and that's the way you got it. But you know what? Your grandpa's money will run out someday, and you'll have to feast for yourself. Get a fucking job, you piece of shit. Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast, Barbecue War Stories. My name is Sean Walchef with Cali Comfort Barbecue. We are recording above the butcher shop uh, with my man Derek Marceau from Valley Farm Market. We are live on Facebook, uh, and this is a big week. Big week for you, man. Big week. Ten years in business. Ten years that's in business. That's pretty fucking gnarly. Yeah. If you really think about it, that's a long time, man. Good for you. It's like 70. Proud of you. It's like 70 years. They're like dog years. They are. They are. Like, but who would have thought, you know, doing a little breakfast uh, restaurant turns into a barbecue restaurant, bar. Um, I mean, you got to be proud of yourself. Yeah. I mean, it, for, you know, the voicemail, for those of you tuning into the first time, uh, that voicemail was a former business partner of mine. And Derek and I, we started this podcast to talk about business, to talk about the entrepreneurial struggle, um, to talk about the shit that doesn't really get discussed on radio or on TV. Um, kind of what we have to do as entrepreneurs to keep our dreams alive. And, you know, when 2008, I, I honestly can say that we, uh, we didn't think that we would be where we are, um, today. And, you know, starting with 18 employees and getting sued multiple times for, crazy shit that you'd never thought you could get sued for like running a ladies night promotion and getting a ADA lawsuit um, by three males that were saying that we were discriminating against them uh, getting sued for showing fight nights not the right way uh, you name it we've had to go through it uh, we've done shitty menu rollouts um, we've ruined people's Thanksgivings and uh, that's really why we started the podcast was to uh, share some of our our war stories um, and not just war stories but some of the positive things that come sure. with entrepreneurship too sure you know we talk about a lot of times it's you know there's a lot of negatives but man I wouldn't change it for the world the uh, amount of reward that we get you know, doing what we do and what we love to do, there's nothing better. I mean, I wake up every morning. I'm excited to come to work. You know, I got a great team right now and things are hitting on all cylinders. It's exciting. You know, yeah, there are some fucking gnarly stuff that goes on and some, uh, like we talk about those, uh, war stories, but, and this is just, uh, the roller coaster ride that I want to be on. I'm yeah. excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was bussing tables, uh, my grandfather's restaurant, which was the same location, was just a breakfast place. And I was 12 years old and, going to school in La Jolla um, and hating to go to that fucking restaurant. I hated bussing tables. I hated washing dishes. Um, but I'm so grateful that my grandfather made me do that. My grandmother made me do that. And hospitality is a funny thing. It, you know, when, when it's your blood type, it's your blood type. And, you know, it's not about the money. It's about giving back. And Spring Valley has just embraced us so much. And, you know, we wouldn't be celebrating uh 10 years i mean the, to think about how many restaurants and sports bars just in san diego that have opened and closed since 2008 um we're really humbled to still be open you just sent me one this morning i did ogs ogs, OGs in east lake no oh, kidding yeah. yeah just uh ogs uh, tilted kilt as well this year <laughs> and uh you know for us there's so much reward that comes from doing this hard work and the reward is opportunities you know barbecues opened up so many different doors for us this podcast has opened up different doors for us back in uh, 2016 
Edwin Real of Eating and Drinking San Diego put on a barbecue event with uh, Andy Harris, who was on this podcast previously of Grand Ole Barbecue. And he had some barbecue heavyweights come out. He invited us, and that's where we met today's guest. And uh, that's what ties this whole thing together. Um, Chef Hannes Caven of Carnita Snack Shack, and more importantly, of the Pioneer Barbecue burgers and brews you're almost, here almost almost yeah in a, in a month in, in a, a month. month well that's really the exciting part is we get to Fucking talk about eight. we get to talk about all the hard shit that actually that he's actually going through and the fact that he took the time to come over here and podcast us when he should be uh running his kitchen his new kitchen um thank you and welcome to behind the smoke thanks great to be here for We're, sure yeah we um we know you're gonna open up your 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 shop here pretty soon and having another barbecue place come out to east county excites sean and i and it's huh. uh, it's something where we're like man if we can just continue this movement of barbecue and good food it's uh it's exciting because i think we're just hitting the the front end of this i think it's going to be a long long time where people are going to be having some good barbecue in san diego i think it gets lost a lot of times people think you can only get you know good barbecue in texas or kansas city or memphis and you know i think it's a uh, People are surprised when they come out here about all the good stuff we have. So, um, welcome. Now you're uh, kind of in the in the group, and you're going to be fucking right? sick of us. Yeah, I don't know if that'll <laughs> ever happen. We've gone through too much on our own to ever be sick of each other. It's the people that sit outside that try to come in and change what we know is best is the hardest part now. Sure. Well, we uh, we're definitely going to talk about Pioneer um, to set the record straight, uh, which we'll talk about as well. But give us a little bit of uh, a quick background on how you all, how this team knows each other. Well, I uh, when I was a young cook, I met Chef Willie, who's my partner. Actually, now he's just known as Willie <laughs> from Lucere. But uh, for 20 years, we've known each other, and I've been buying produce off of him for that long. When actually, I worked at Dakota down in the gas lamp. So that was, you know, a whole long life ago. And uh, Ivan, I know, the pitmaster that is helping me with Pioneer, we met, wow, when you were, did we meet before Kachina? Right before, yeah. Yeah, so back when I was at Kensington Grill, so that was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's crazy. And I've known Chef Willie 20 years, so it's kind of, I think, Funny to, well, it's funny, I don't know, ironic what the word is, that how you have your own different lives, but yet something came together that brought us all back together. You know, everybody went and did their own thing. Ivan, I was blessed and truly blessed to have Ivan work for me at three years at the North Park location, Carnitas. Ivan served me many times at, at Carnitas. You know, and that's kind of what helped us raise where the level we got to. Right. You know, and then... We couldn't really grow it and with his barbecue expertise you know he moved on and now we're like looking and you know start hanging out again you know yeah. and like you guys you know it's i think everything rotates you know and if you fight it too much the rotation never comes back you know you allow things to happen you know ivan left to grow and now what he's learned to be able to come back is only going to make us better for sure you know and then you have you know chef willie over here that's knows how hard it is for all of us and have support and not have somebody constantly questioning you but trying to give you even more support than you've ever had you know they're like whoa that's too much you know i need to hit the brakes a little but that's how wonderful 
coming into this new project is. You no, know, you, you find those partners and those strategic partners that actually make things easier for you and not harder for you. Yeah, well, so we always talk <laughs> about the people that we have on our teams and you know the people that end up staying are people that are going to expedite our processes and get them so they're more efficient and we can do them faster, not create more work for us. And right. when they when they do that, do that, I mean, it's usually when we just hold on to them and we keep relationships right. forever, you know? Absolutely. So uh, Carnita Snack Shack, talk to me a little bit about that. How, when did that even start? That started in uh, 2011. We uh, did, uh, I was at Kensington Grill and just having the best career my career was really at the top at that spot mm-hmm. and uh you were you're the california, chef california restaurant association chef of the year in yeah, 2009 right? that's that's a big deal yeah and that's you a, know so i was deal. pretty stoked <laughs> you should be. but i was like look to the owner who i still admire and i am where i am because of tracy borkham she pushed me beyond what i knew i was capable of but on the other hand when i'm working that hard i'm like hey you know it's time to kick daddy down some Fedia, you know, (laughs) for sure. And uh, she's like, oh, you know, times are tough. And a week later, you see a new Panamera in the parking lot that she gets out of. You're like, wait, I should be driving that. Right. So that kind of inspired me. And um, my wife, Sarah, pushed me into it. She's like, why? We should be driving those. She was a general manager. And so I got, you know, just said, well, let's do it. And we're trying to really find a spot. We actually started building the kitchen at the Lafayette Hotel. I think it's called Hope 45 now or something. Mm-hmm. But back then, I designed the kitchen, bought the equipment, and that was going to be my restaurant. Oh, so you're going to go into an existing space. Existing space. Mm-hmm. And the owners of the Lafayette just didn't have our beliefs. You know, it's been doing this 30 years. Last week, I hit my 30-year mark Wow, cooking. Right. So, you know, six years ago, I still kind of knew these guys are never going to change. I mean, scary. Sure. So I backed out, and right at that time, the place where the North Park location is, it was Vo's, a Vietnamese spot, was just closed forever. And then eventually a for lease sign went up, and I guess it was kind of, you know, meant to be. And so we... Were you always looking at North Park? Because for people that tune in, I mean, we're fortunate to have people listening all over the world, and North Park's a part of San Diego that is off the beaten path uh, in 2011. Obviously, Carnitas, I like to think that, you know, the flagship was Carnitas that, you know, really, it's an incredible area that's dynamic for food and dining. Yes. And back then, and especially in the space we took, you know, there was nightly cops and fire trucks. And, you know, we had this wonderful bar across the street, Tobacco Road, who's no longer (laughs) with us. But, you know, that definitely drew a certain clientele how many people told you you were crazy for opening in north every (laughs) lot of you know my really close friends you know but the part that i guess i've realized now more is the dreamers don't really worry about that stuff and i really believe that even to this day i i can't pay my bills but man i can run a multi-million dollar restaurant sure (laughs) but oh wait rents do what yeah it's, uh, (laughs) it's so funny how our lives are and I think that was a part that allowed the dream to start. It was small enough that with the financial, the money I had saved, my 401k, we were able to open it without super pressure. You know, it was just about cooking and that's all that mattered. Yeah. You know, none of the PR or insurance or, you know, the sad thing is the lawsuits, you know, that. Oh, yeah. When you're a dreamer, none of that matters. But that, unfortunately, has become so much of a reality that you have to try to balance and 
still live your dream, but also in the back of your mind, think like, oh, this barbecue would be bitching here. Oh, all I need is one kid to touch it. And yeah. I could lose a whole restaurant, you know? Right. So sure. it's a different thought process. But back then, it didn't matter. It was, here's what we're doing. Sure. I think, you know, part of what you said, it has to feel right. You know, if it doesn't feel right, and I mean, once you do it long enough, you know, for us, 10 years, when we go into a new arrangement or into a vendor agreement, whatever it might be, if it doesn't feel right, there's a chance that it's probably never going to feel right. You know, and if you get that bad feeling, the chance, the, the sooner you walk away, the better, you know, no matter what that dream is. Well, you were right. talking about that earlier or last week when we were talking to Josh at yep. Next Gen Building Group. Yep. Even about the hiring process, you know, there's oh, yeah, if there's one red flag, don't hire them. I mean, it, because that that red flag is right. going to come back. It, 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 see that, Chef? <laughs> no, yeah. Willie. Yeah. Wait, hey, I got a picture last night. He's like resumes. I, I well, now look like fifty of them on his desk. I mean, yeah. that's where we're at right now. It's right from a sous chef that will work with me, but also understand that Ivan has a bigger part than people are going to realize. But he won't be there every day. Sure. You know that it's just as a team. And if you yeah. know, Chef Willie comes in, yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. correct. Yeah, got yeah. you. Yeah. Got you. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you exactly. know, comes uh, in and says, "Hey, this needs a change." You have to understand, we're not doing it to criticize. We're doing it to work. So finding the people that understand, you know, if a food runner comes up and says, hey, nobody's finishing their fries or this is wrong, it's also my responsibility to listen to them. Sure. And I think that's a team that we're trying to find. But you're right. It's, I mean, I read resumes and I'm like, oh, my God, how are they not working? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, they should be working at building other people's resumes because that's, that's what they do really <laughs> yeah, well. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we, uh, we, we see it all the time where we would bring somebody in and there's that one thing you knew about them and you, you talk to them about it and say, okay, hey, we can't let this happen. And unfortunately, I mean, I, you probably know in your industry that the chefs get a horrible name. They're very pretentious and, and, and boisterous people and they don't care about anybody else. And now we're starting to see people that are complete opposite of that, right? The chefs that are really inviting and wanting to do things. And, and when you get those people to create that team, but you have to be open and transparent about it right away, it's, it's a recipe for success, you know? So, you know, hiring those, those good people that, like you said, you're going to be as transparent as you can right away, right? You're going to be yeah. open and say, Hey, this is basically Ivan ship and he's, he's going to kind of teach us right now. He's not going to be here as much as we want, but you have to be open to that. A lot of the other chefs aren't going to like that, you know, but having the people and being transparent with them right away, well then, okay, they can, they can swallow that pill and then you can all work as a team rowing the same way against, as opposed to someone else wanting to go the other way, you know? So it'll just be one ship going in the right direction. Right. You know, and that's the biggest thing that hopefully we also bring is that, you know, there's no back of the house in front of the house in our world. We really have to get along because yeah, as much as, you know, chefs, we like to yell at them, which, you know, I still will. <laughs> I'm not, let's not kid ourselves. Right. But that you understand and listen to them as much as you would your partner in crime, you yeah. know, that, you know, as much as I listen to Ivan or Chef Willie because they understand me, I also have to understand other people. And I think that's where we're, we're growing. And that's part of the success of Carnita Snack Shack is I've been able to listen and we grow. And, you know, I guess it's also now that I've been doing it longer, I realize I'm not always right. Right. Sure. <laughs> when I was 30 years old, you couldn't tell me shit. Right? <laughs> no, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling's on fire. No, I'm still right. You yeah. Know? So. It's great, the growth. Tell us about the transition of actually working as a chef in fine dining and then opening, take, jumping off the entrepreneurial cliff and opening up your own spot. I that, think, yeah. 
that that is pretty much completely opposite of what you the world you were living in before. Right? You know, uh, it was, and that's kind of what the Lafayette was going to give us was a full service. But once we just kind of saw all the things it that wasn't went good, with it, it, it wouldn't have been Carnita yeah, Snack Shack. No, not a chance. No, not those two concepts. Those two concepts just don't mesh. Right. Yeah. We forgot what. I was even called. I blacked that out. You know, that's, <laughs> that's something that's floating around up here still, but it never really drops down. But it was something where I felt we could do the food that I wanted and make stuff fun, you know. And part of it was at Kensington Grill, not that it was super expensive, but there were $30 entrees, you know, 25 to 30 were most of them, that a lot of my own friends couldn't come in and eat. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to create a place that anybody could come and eat twice a week and then in the beginning what allowed me is that we did all kinds of stuff special wise that were what you could have seen on the kensington grill menu but for 10 bucks right you know and maybe a little smaller portion and you know no tweezers or you know microgreens but still really nice stuff but you're giving added value to that consumer that that's it i think that was it the added value that we really thought what is it that we go out and eat right that we can offer with all this experience that i have and it just kind of morphed itself, you know. And right now, for the first time ever, I'm doing the biggest menu change at Carnitas in really? five years or six wow. years. What are you implementing? Uh, we're implementing, you know, it's it's all about Instagram, yeah. right. a lot of it, you it's know, and flavors. So, you know, we're doing a couple bigger items like, a you know, grilled cheese that's got Sloppy Joe in the middle of it. But the buns are grilled cheese sandwiches, you know. But nice. it's not over the top, but... You know, things that people are going to see the gooeyness and be like, oh, click. You know, and uh, we put on, we're actually thinking about putting a salad on, you know. It's, <laughs> that's a big step <laughs> wow. for me. <laughs> Kale salad? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, oh, that's a little hippie for me. Yeah, you know? Iceberg, you know, ranch you know, dressing, and chicken, and bacon. That's, yeah, that's, that's probably about right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, I'll try to like sound, make it, you know, ooh, the modern wedge. Right. <laughs> exactly. So before yeah. we get into the uh, the barbecue side, how does uh, how does a Jewish a Jewish boy uh, become the king of of pork in San Diego? Well, you get denied it your whole life. <laughs> First off, I mean, luckily it wasn't freaking crack that I got denied. No, right. <laughs> Is. Uh, you know, I never really had it. And the first time I ever ate bacon, well, the really the first pork product I ever had was ham. And it was the texture, the taste, you know. I mean, it probably could have even been Oscar Mayer. I don't remember. It was high school. And I ate them. Like, what is this? And then started my mind started expanding. To, what is this thing called pork? I mean, I literally never seen it in my house. Wow. You know? So once I found it, I just got crazy and... As becoming a chef, I found you could do so much with it, you know, with brines, injections, and crunchy, soft. I mean, there was just so much. And each restaurant, I got more and more. Even at when I was at uh, Pacific Coast Grill, you know, a seafood place, I still had like seven pork items on the menu, <laughs> you know. And uh, Kensington Grill, I think almost it was close to half the menu was pork. Wow. You know, awesome. and but... You, it showcases ways to do it. Like, you know, you, we know it's it's just not a pork loin, everybody, or a pork chop. You know, there's so many more cuts and ways to do it. And I think that's what excited me the most. You know, and uh, it it's, just became easy for me to appreciate it. Well, you appreciate it, but you're all, you, you, found, you found what feels right, and you found your voice. I mean, when you start doing things, and de- despite 
people telling you not to go to North Park, you know, your family probably telling you not to do pork. Right. But like you knew in your heart that that was what you wanted to do. And that's what you were passionate about. That's what I'm, that's what's going to fire me up every single day to come out to work. And, you know, for us in Spring Valley, if there was no sports entertainment component, I mean, we didn't even do barbecue when we first opened, but it was the sports entertainment that was the driving factor for us that for me, I just I wanted to do a fucking badass amazing restaurant where families could come and enjoy watching the game you know i'm sure cost helped too right pork's a lot cheaper than right well that's you know that's where the jewish side came in. <laughs> this is cheaper than everything else yes yeah. nice you know nice. i mean i had to wear long sleeves in my parents house for the first couple of years when i started because of the pig tattoos really when did the pig tattoos come they came when i was at a restaurant mix so probably like 95 how old were you uh 26 you're 26 what did your what'd your mom say well, until she saw the first one, nothing. And then when she did it, I'll never forget. I mean, it's so clear. It was in the middle of Passover. She was reading a prayer, and I reached for a potato locky, and boom, my shirt went up, the long sleeve went up, and there it was. What? In the middle of something, you know, I don't even remember. The rock, 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 and she's, the hell? And now it's all over. Now she's all right. And my mom's actually the only family member that eats at the restaurant. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, She's all, what? You know, I've lived this long. I'm eating your pork. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. You know, appreciate you know, that. We're, you're, we're Jewish. We're still going to heaven. doesn't right. matter. Good. You know, I'm sorry. Get a rabbi to come out. So right? when, when, did, uh, when did Smokehouse Kings come about? Wow. It was a couple of years in. Well, about 13, right before 14. 13? Uh, 2013? I think yeah, I even found a smoker on Craigslist. Yeah, it was just kind of for fun. We Wait, just you, wanted, so when did you get hired? Uh, I came in a few months into about five months after opening. What did you get hired as? What position? Uh, just a lead guy. Lead guy? Kitchen. Lead lead guy uh, yeah. on the line? I was actually... Did you interview him? Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, I it, was, it, was, it was basically a beer and a handshake and let's it do it. It was a beer and a handshake? Yeah. I was yeah. Work, yeah, I was in Mission Valley. That was the open interview? Yeah, that was, I mean, no, I don't even... <laughs> Probably I like 10 beers. I didn't even fill out an application. We, we hugged and cried and next thing you know, he's a full-time employee. Right. It happened at Livewire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, yeah, I was in Mission Valley at the time and uh, we had worked together for Urban Kitchen Group. Uh-huh. And he had mentioned that he was going to open his place. And I told him, well, as soon as you do, give me a call. And I was in a comfortable job, relaxed. I mean, job security, the whole works in one of the Hotel Circle places. But as soon as he said, we're ready to go, I put in my notice and took off the chef code. How many uh, hours were you working? Uh, at my other place? Yeah, before. Oh, about, well, I was, on, I was on salary, so I was about 50, 60 mm-hmm. hours a week. I mean, and how many did you put in once you got to Carnitas? Uh, probably twice as much as that. <laughs> 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 What labor laws? I don't know what you're talking about. They're passion laws for sure. I mean, if you want to get in this fucking business, you better not stop. Counting hours doesn't work. It it doesn't. You know, it truly doesn't. And I think that's where we found the love for it is once we came together and started watching each other. I mean, we got there when it was time to get there, and then we left when the job was done. That was no clocking in, no clocking out. It was just. Getting right. done. And that's what you have to do. We, t- we talk about it here a lot. It's like, we don't stop when we're tired. We stop when we're finished. And that's just what it is. You just keep going mm-hmm. until the job gets done. Right. <clears throat> but now... The, with the barbecue. Sorry, didn't yeah. interrupt. But, you yeah. know, that's even more time. Yeah. You know, it's not Absolutely. Like whipping out a... You know, we can break down animals quick. It's what happens after you break it down. Right. Yep. You know, that takes forever. And I think that's where 
where I really started admiring Ivan was the fact that we would start two days ahead on a brine, you know, and I never really in a restaurant, you know, fine dining restaurant, you never really did that time. Stuff came in, you prepped, you sold it. That was your freshness and sure. how you worked and barbecue was, no, we're, so we needed Saturday, so it better be in the brine by Wednesday. You're yep. Like, what? You know, that I never really had that mentality. I had four smokers in my backyard, so I take stuff <laughs> well, home and smoke Three it now, one's in the back of the <laughs> morning. Yeah, so I can take stuff home and smoke it at home. Just, you know, I have to go get some sure. type of rest. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of the things we talk about on the podcast frequently is opening up a barbecue restaurant is pretty much counterintuitive to what you're supposed to do in running a restaurant to keep your labor costs down, to keep, you know, food costs down. I mean, it's the most expensive stuff that we can be putting out and the amount of time that it takes to do it the right way. You have to make a conscious commitment that this is what we're what we're going to do and we're not going to fucking half-ass it. So lots of french fries, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so now what's the uh, what's the game plan when we talk about Pioneer? I know, like I said, we're welcoming you guys into the East County for doing some barbecue stuff. Can't wait to, you know, get together and do all our events and, you know, it's going to be exciting. But what's your guys' vision for that place? Well, I mean, I guess the vision's coming together, you know, it's, because we're calling it the pioneer, you know, we want to be able to build a, an environment that makes people think of the past and the future, mm-hmm. you know. And as far as barbecue, one of the things when Willie approached me and we talked about doing this, we honestly ate it. Well, you've probably, Chef Willie's probably in the 18 barbecue spots. I've probably done seven or eight, you know. And what inspired us was the fact that besides... You guys and Ivan and that boy good up in Oceanside, mm-hmm. we definitely knew we had something special. Right. Sure. You know, and with eating Ivan's and knowing how it takes and the passion that goes with it. There's a lot of places that do barbecue that I don't believe have the passion. Yeah. Because it's just overcooked meat and sauce. There isn't love and colors. Like, you know, just eating the brisket right now that I just got downstairs. There's layers of colors. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can't tell you how many places we ate. There was never a layer. I mean, maybe you'd see the bark, but you never had, you know, two or three colors involved. And I think that's what's kind of exciting us. And our game plan is, I don't want to say we want to educate because that never works, but we would like to put out something that the neighborhood at least hasn't seen. You know, I mean, Grand Ole is... I mean, I keep using them because they're in North Park and they're everywhere. No, they're Andy's, great. The, Andy's I mean, Andy's the shit. You know, yeah, and that if we Andy. can honor his style, your guys' style, and be someone else at the three or four or five of us in town that really get it, that it'll actually raise it and it won't be, sure. you know, even Coops. You know, I mean, I don't even want to leave him out. Oh, uh, Brad's the shit. But, show. you know, just having stuff that people go, okay... We are maybe now, I don't want to even say a destination, yeah. but people come here for it. Well, and absolutely. not being bummed when they go to a place that says barbecue and you get it and it's just, you know, shredded meat and sweet ass sauce all over yep. it. Right. Well, there's, there's such a good diversity of cultures here in San Diego that you can add some of those flavors to the, because I love the tradition. I mean, that's what yes. I learned from and, you know, I'm all about it. But I also got to do, uh, we got to do what, you know, what people like. Sure. Right. And, you know, so we could add some, I mean, you know, as far as like Filipino flavors, why not, you know? I mean, hey, we'll go as much as doing some Swedish barbecue. Well, I mean, sure. stuff Shit. that we learned from that local sweco. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we even talked to Deuce Raymond when yeah. we were out of the National Barbecue Association. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a, basically like a, 
Asian style short rib that was smoked. So it wasn't, it was a more of an English cut, not, not a Flankton style cut, but a nice size short rib and did it kind of like how we do our Maui ribs here in that, in a sweeter sauce, but smoked it. And it was great. It's like you don't have to be scared of doing stuff like that. You can do those things oh, and yeah. intertwine them and give some, like you said, someone something they've never had before. It'll be exciting to, to try. Yeah, I think one of the things that excites us the most is, you know, part of this West Coast barbecue movement. Really, the craft side of barbecue is exactly what you said. In San Diego, we, we are a transplant place. You know, this is people come from all over. And for us to see people like Andy Harris and Brad um, and Chris from Smoked Hog and Iron Pig. I mean, John each, Brackmani. Yeah, John Brackmani and uh, Brazen. Each place is unique into and of itself. You know, but if they're practicing barbecue the right way and they're doing the low and slow method and they're taking the time to cook things the right way, make conscious decisions on the quality of cuts that they're going to be putting out. I mean, it's so cool to see because just by doing this podcast, we've had people that, you know, they hear somebody on on the podcast and they go out and they go try their barbecue. And for us, nothing is cooler than seeing the diversity of what's really happening out here um, in San Diego. And to have you guys you know, chef driven barbecue concept. That's exciting as shit, especially someone with your guys' background, your background, you know, with Carnita Snack Shack and what you've been able to build. Um, that, it, that gets us really fired up. Well, cool. And we are too. And I think that's funny because Willie and I have been trying to think like, do we say California barbecue? Because that's not really what we are, but maybe it is a West Coast. It is. Is that we promote it? Because I haven't said, you know, we're already thinking about other flavors, not sure. just. You know, a standard rub. Like, why not do, you know, take the Filipino spices yeah. and do it and see what it takes. And maybe it's a different, a softer wood. So you don't overpower the, you know, the softer chilies or the marinade. Or, I mean, that's what's exciting us is, you know, starting to get some research done and, and have it. You know, you don't want to, like I said, we don't want to educate. I don't want somebody to come in and go, oh, what's a sweet, sour rib? That's not yeah. our, our goal. But our goal is to have flavor profiles that you understand Sure. But maybe you've never tasted that profile. Sure. Yeah, we did it with our beans. We did a, a traditional um, baked bean for four years out in the shack. And I'm like, man, it just just not doing it for me. You know, I just didn't like them. So finally, I just did a, a hybrid. And it was with some, um, some chili, some jalapenos, some different cheeses. And it kind of turned into this, like Southwestern style with pulled pork in it. So it gives that barbecue aspect. But it's like, man, it's like my biggest seller now. It's my, it's my oh, beans. Great. But it's just because I was open to my consumers and what they're saying. And, you know, I know what they like. And putting that into a, a barbecue bean that pe- people probably would have never thought of. It's been killer, man. It's been awesome. You know, just doing those little things really takes you, you know, really, really far in, in your consumer's mind. Right. You know, and part of what we're doing is we're also doing burgers and brews. So awesome. You know, we want to make it so it's not so specific center like you know you have a cattle yeah. comfort. You you got to kind of also appease everybody that doesn't want barbecue. Well, yeah. So we, that's where we were built on breakfast. So you know, we were at breakfast spot seven a.m. to two p.m. And you know, for us to close breakfast Monday through Friday, that was a huge leap for us. 
You know, it was a right. fucking huge leap and it was a leap to go, oh, we're going all in on barbecue. And even though we went all in, it still didn't mean that we were going to get rid of the burgers, get rid of the wings, you know, doing things like that. And then incorporating barbecue into our barbecue brunch, you know, where we're doing a pulled pork chilaquiles. You know, that's a straight shout out to San Diego. You know, that's a, a dish that, you know, we used to sell a lot of. But I'm telling you, once we put on, you know, slow smoke pulled pork, it changed everything. It was a game changer. Yeah, we do a, at the deck. We do a uh, weekend brunch as yep. well, mm-hmm. and I incorporate the barbecue. Into Absolutely, it. we do like try to smoke Especially tri-tip for huevos dishes. and cheros and yeah, stuff like that. And I mean, people love it. Absolutely, because it's a smoked meat yeah. that you know you 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 just haven't tried on that you know on that on those kind of dishes. You know, and that's what hopefully kind of our little sides, maybe our apps and lot dishes will be. Where how do we use all the meat that we smoke every day? Because mm-hmm. you know, there's the traditional we expect, but how can we take that and maybe have somebody take a chance right. with it, you know, and not that I'm going to do a quesadilla, but you put brisket in a quesadilla, everybody knows a quesadilla, so maybe um, they'll try it. Absolutely. And then they eat it and go, oh, what is that smoked meat? The next thing you know, they're getting a, a plate of it and yep. moving on. And that's kind of, I guess, what we want to try to play with, you know, and that's where I guess my job is, is to take what he Ivan smokes and right. make it into other dishes that appeal to, you know, everyone. Are you guys just going to do like the tri-tip? Pulled pork, ribs, oh, yeah, brisket, yeah, for sure. a chicken, just yeah. and sausages. Yeah, you know, we're also going to be for sure on the sausages. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've been dying to break out my equipment again. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that's great about Ivan, we seriously have more equipment <laughs> than we know what to do with. But sure. we're finally getting to a spot where, wow, some of this is going to make sense. Right. So we can grind our stuff soft, you know, make our own sausage, but we have. A sausage stuffer that can hold, you know, I don't know, it's 30 pounds in one thing. I mean, if you can be making that kind of sausage that quick, we have space now to hang, you know, and do that. But I don't, we're also limited in space. You know, the, the, it's a big spot. I I got 4,000 feet of dining room and 600 feet of kitchen. You know, there's, uh, really, I mean, that's been Willie's biggest concern is, it's like, dude, this kitchen's small. I mean, if you go look at North Park location, that's well, yeah. the smallest kitchen ever. Well, it's the smallest kitchen, it, but it's also it, the labor. I mean, you have 4,000 square feet of, of front of the house. You need to put people there to take care of guests, right? right. I mean, so yeah. this is going to be a full full service, right? People uh, are going to... You know, well, that's where still, Have you figured that out? Well, kind of where we're leaning towards, and obviously I don't want to overstep my bounds because I'm still... Obviously, even though I'm always right as a chef, <laughs> <laughs> is... How do we, that's our biggest thing. I mean, in two years, we could be looking at $15 an hour. Absolutely. And not that it's not deserved, but how do we also run a successful business sure. that we can pay the people correctly? So part of it is, do we have it where we have servers, but it's a seat yourself, you know, and they're running off tablets, or do we do a station, server station, you know, that because the is, space is huge. It's right. so important to consider. You know? because- I mean, the bar alone has... 38 seats around it. The bar's right in the middle, right? Yeah. yeah. 38 so right seats. 38 Holy seats shit. at the bar. And then there's probably another yeah, while 50 ago. seats just in high, you know, belly, belly bars belly and belly. that run around the edge. Fuck, you know? you're going to need at least three bartenders when it's right? busy. Well, we, Friday night, we did two bartenders and a bar back and they were crushed all night. It Fuck yeah, they were crushed. Awesome. That's a lot of we seats. We only have... Five freaking drinks, five beers <laughs> right now because, you know, we're, we're limited while right. we're experimenting and getting to know the neighborhood right now. You know, realizing, I mean, now we've learned I got to put a kid's menu on. And not that I'm anti-kids, but there are so many kids, you know, sure. we're 
really had to talk to these parents like what can we do to make your kids not be running crazy through the damn restaurant you know <laughs> do we need to have a couple video games or what is it that the parents need besides you know us being scared because you got kids throwing a football in the damn bar like yeah. like seriously we've seen this it isn't all. your home right? <laughs> we've, we've seen it all well we we talked about football, football in the bar it's football imp- on troy street yeah. <laughs> it's really important though because for me as a parent i go to dinner where it's easy for my kids i have a three-year-old a two-year-old and one on the way and we actually choose our spots like we'll go to brody's burgers and beer we know the project real well but it's like they have a whole room full of arcade games my kids can kind of run around and i'm not getting weird looks you know when we were looking at another um place to buy that was not too long ago we were looking at it and it was like they had an outside area and i'm like well if i get someone there what if i had like childcare? And I put a little playground out there and then the kids can come play and there's someone CPR certified watching the kids and then they can, the parents can eat, drink and have a good time while their kids are having fun too. We were looking at all those things, but it's really, really important things I didn't understand 10 years ago. I didn't fucking care about. Now it's like, that's actually how I choose my dinners is like, if it's, well, no, it's okay that's for the what kids. we need to hear. I mean, we're yeah. both childless. I mean, sounds bad, but we don't have kids. So right. we don't know. I mean, Ivan does, but his kids, because he's. I don't know, raise them as a chef, they sit and eat dinner with them, right. you know, and then they ran out. But, you know, most of these kids, they're not. They don't stay sure. seated as well. Right. No, fuck, dude. Yeah. My kids. Well, and Once you got to expect gets that, you know, you got to yeah. expect that to yeah. prepare for it. <laughs> yeah, any type of little games and stuff. I know whenever we go to Cali Comfort with uh, for breakfast, we usually go, usually go every Sunday. Um, my kids are just ready to get like they want. There's these little uh, trinkets for 50 cents. I probably spent a thousand dollars on your fucking trinkets. <laughs> but yeah. they just go Ooh, and they get, yeah, to see it. they just yeah. fucking go over there and they get the little tattoo oh, or a little uh, ninja or whatever. And then that, what's that other arcade? Yeah, the, arcade, the, the, the crane. The, yeah, the, the claw. claw. Oh, man. I've wasted probably that much money. <laughs> just on my own. <laughs> right. I'm going to win one day. Yeah. One fucking day. And you spend $36 on a fucking $2 little stuffed animal, right. you know? What Carnita Snack Shack in North Park, what we did is we actually took out the two of the back planner boxes. And put in gaming. We got ping pong, oh, really? darts, giant Jenga. I didn't see that. A bunch of we games. When, when did you do that? Like three weeks ago. Oh, fuck. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And so this Saturday, we're actually doing a game day where I'm going to barbecue out on awesome. the patio and try to, you know, start let people know look, it's a place for the kids. And sure. we have cornhole and, you know, kind of the classic games. Sure. You know, but that is kind of how we saw the change happening. Yeah. You know, is that you have to keep them, you know, and that's what the pioneer now. Now we're going like, God, what do we do? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of kids out here in these Absolutely. There is. A lot, a lot of fam- more than North Park. A lot of families. At least that I see. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things for us when we, when my wife and I, when we had our son, you know, we've always, Cali Comfort, we've always been family friendly. At least we thought we were family friendly until we had a child. And then once we had a child and then my wife would go to another restaurant or she would go out to Home Depot or wherever she was shopping and try to find a place where she could go breastfeed, she couldn't find a place. You know, it was like, you know, she how could how could this place, you know, be family friendly and not have a fucking place where a woman can go and, you know, have some private time with their child. And for us, it was really important to go and take a look in the mirror and really go, you know, well, how can we improve you know, the changing station, because you've when you're a parent and you go and you see what a changing station at a restaurant looks like and it's, you know, this piece of shit 
plastic thing that comes down. off the fucking wall, you know, that's like mass <laughs> produced. Yeah. You're like, I'm not putting my fucking kid on that. You know, well, what can we do so that we're maintaining health standards, but we're also we're forward thinking, you know, that we're actually embracing our demographic of the people that want to come in. It shouldn't we shouldn't make it any fucking harder than it has to be to get your family out to eat. You know, that that's why we're in business. What would you do? Uh, well, what we what we did do is we worked on making a real family friendly restroom. So like actually like a changing station that you'd have at your house. And yours uh, has like layers on it. Too, layers right? on it, it a pad. Like a pad yeah, we change out the pad and um, you know we got to change out the pad and be shit all over it. Lots of shit. <laughs> <laughs> lots of shit. Lots of shit. Yeah, you, ha- you have to make sure you take those things into account, especially like you said, coming out east. A lot of families. When you when you grow, you can't afford to live out west, right? Because you have to get a three or four bedroom house. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I can't afford a fucking two million dollar house and by the beach. So you got to come out a little bit east, get a bigger house. But that's where all these families are, right? So you know you're doing a good job by even thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Out, but no, you have to be. I mean, you have to be hypersensitive to it because that's who you want to come in. You want the well, families to come in. I you think want, that's you want part of what why we got the space as like we did is. It wasn't family friendly. You yeah, know, it was a great sports bar, but you know we're only drinking and partying so much. You know, sure. it's the other eight hours of the day you need to fill seats. Well, I think sports bars are kind of becoming like more of a thing of the past, right? If you're uh, just yeah. if you're only just a sports bar, it's not it's not there anymore. Well, the problem with sports bars is they they came because people needed access to watch the games, so they went to the local sports bar to get NFL Sunday ticket because they didn't want to buy it at home. But now people have access to all different fucking sports. You can fucking packages. stream anything. You stream anything. You know, on your phone. I mean, and you it, could watch anything. Yeah, it doesn't. Right. It doesn't make as much sense. Plus, those sports bars, all they really do is gave out shitty food. You know, they didn't give a fuck about the food. You know, the fact that if you're going to be a sports restaurant or you're going to have TVs that so when the game is on, then you just you have to focus as a restaurant. You have to put out fucking great food. If you're a restaurant, you can't not put out fucking great yeah. food. You know, and that, and that goes for a bar, too. You know, a lot of the bars, they don't care about the garnish that they put. They don't care about the cocktail. They don't care about, you know, the recipe or how it's made or the ice. I mean, fuck, I can't believe how many different types of ice we looked at, you know. But Eric was adamant on making sure because he cared about the quality of the cocktail. And sure enough, he's right. You know, if you don't put the right amount of ice into a glass, you're going to get a shitty clock cocktail. Right. That's what we're battling or bar manager i want crushed ice <laughs> you're doing it in a machine girl i'm not losing putting another ice machine in. i mean we did at the embarcadero locations so yeah. two ice machines yep and a space of 750 two, square feet two different types of ice machines two different oh, types fuck. one that's soda only <laughs> and then one that's bar only Oh, fuck. Because she wanted giant ice cubes. I mean, they're totally bitching, but, yeah. right. you know, it took up a whole prep table in the sure. back. So not only were the poor preppers are at the Embarcadero location, you got this ice machine just cranking heat. Sure. Here, let's just make it real hot for you guys. Right. In that glass aquarium. Those are a lot of, I mean, exactly what you said. Those are things that people don't understand until you fucking have to do it. And, like, you know, for us, we had to buy an ice machine, and we're, you know, bidding it out, trying to find out what's the best deal. And we relied on the vendor to tell us how much ice we were going to go through. And fuck, we put in that ice machine. Within three months, we needed to buy the same exact size of ice machine. I was like, well, fuck, you fucked us. (laughs) You know, I should have just done the work myself and figured it out because in the long run, you know, we wasted. Now we have two ice machines when we could have had, you know, one better one. Yeah. 
And they're not cheap either. No, they're not cheap. No, they're not cheap. Speaking of not cheap, your guys a smoker. I know you guys were working with the Southern Pride. Yeah. We were uh, big fans of Southern Pride and Old Hickory. That's what we use, Old Hickory. Um, but that's going to be a pretty different learning curve for you. I know Ivan, you've used them for quite some time, and yeah. you're going to go through some woods and stuff and try to figure out what woods work good for you. And um, but you guys are thinking about doing like a lighter smoke, right? Not a big mosquito or anything. Yeah, no, definitely yeah, lighter. Sure. Uh, we're even looking at doing some uh, pressure smoking hmm. as well. How do you do that? Uh, well, they have the basically the thing like, on yeah, Craigslist. It's mostly, I mean, because it, it has the function, it, it uses wood chips. So it, it, they have the function of uh, a pressure cooker that yeah, uses wood chips. So it's like, yeah, it's like a big pressure cooker, but it's an actual smoker and it has, uh, just like let's like said, it has the, the wood chip trays. Oh, wow. Uh, and it has the function of a cold and hot smoking. So I think we'd probably use those more for cold, like cheeses. Cheeses, yeah. I mean, we, we, we were lucky enough to work with, uh, with Tommy for a while and do some, uh, some, uh, a lot of seafood smoking with, okay. uh, for Catalina. Right. And we played around with a lot of stuff with them and, uh, we learned a lot of stuff from there. Are you guys going to do be, fish? Well, 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 definitely a specials and stuff like that, yeah. for sure. It's, you know, as long yeah, as we get a good, yeah. You gotta, I mean, and not that you have to change everything, but I think the more options, you don't have to do three fish. Yeah. But if you do one and you do it really well, you have to do it really well. And it's something because seasonal. people fuck yeah, fish yeah. up all yeah. the time. And it sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Well, especially smoke fish. You don't eat it a lot. Yeah. And then yeah. you're yeah. going to eat it and you're like, son of a, right. I wasted a fish meal on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, fuck. I wanted to eat healthy, so I picked fish. And right. Now, now I'm never going <laughs> to do that again. That's what fish chips are for, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's fried. fucking funny um one of the things we do like to talk about is the the shit that we did wrong or um the lessons that we learned through failure and i'd like you to talk a little bit about what happened up in del mar with that uh <laughs> with that location if you don't mind yeah no not at all i mean i as i even mentioned and we were discussing earlier we really wanted Mara mesa and yeah. my partner you know we were newly together i guess i'll say my investor yeah and you know he ended up choosing del mar because it was pretty it was nice you know that was we had such great volume and pr and everything was going so well at north park you're talking like a thousand customers a day yeah in north park you know so that was like wow we can go anywhere you know and as much as i didn't believe that mentality you know he sold me on it you know sure i got excited because i don't understand that part of it and so we went out there, but you know, I can let you know that the rent there was about seventeen thousand a month. Fuck. So Seriously? You add that into the ball game and Wow. It really puts a hampering on profit. Holy shit. Right. Yeah, I mean they power washed the floors every night and the sidewalk. There were no flies. I mean it was yeah. like hospital clean outside on the sidewalk. You know, so it made for a really nice environment, but it didn't make for the place that you wanted to go to. Sure. You know, we discussed earlier, it's these grand, I don't want to say grungy, but out of the way, smaller spots that aren't perfect that I think are what people are drawn to nowadays. You sure. know, if you go into a place and it's so perfect and the lighting's just right, you know, you almost kind of feel you're out of place. It's like stuffy. You don't want to fucking be in there. Or at least I don't. No, and I'm I think a, that's what Del Mar was. was yes, guy. it was freaking gorgeous. But it was stuffy. Right. Yeah. And Carnita Snack Shack isn't stuffy. No. It's a little raw. And, Absolutely. You know, you may have to bat a fly away on the patio, but yeah, you're hey, still that's eating. Part of the deal, you know, sure. that's, that's the real part of it, you know? And as much as we power wash and put plant plants that illuminate, get flies out of there. 
there's still life. You know, yeah. you can't stop it. In Del Mar, there was no life. It was sterile. I think people are definitely drawn to authenticity. You know, they, they like character, um, especially when you are who you are, you know, and you embrace yourself in the way that, you know, Carnita's Snack Shack has grown to this cult movement. I mean, the fact that you guys have fucking 3,500 Yelp reviews and you're still at four and a half stars. I mean, it's incredible, you know, the amount of PR and attention that you've gotten at a location way before you're way ahead of the curve in North Park. You know, way ahead of the curve. The fact that you put a pig on top of your restaurant, no fucking sign. No sign. Right. I still right? like that part. <laughs> it's well, you know what's funny? Ironic. You had to fight like hell to do that, right? Yeah, I'm sure. For sure. But the uh, the funny thing is, well, funny thing now, haha. But <laughs> the pig that was on the roof of Del Mar is now at Petco Park. Oh, really? Yeah, rad. So we moved it on. That's fucking so rad. In front of our booth at the. How many Petco booths? Park. We have two. Two booths. How's it going? 228. Just the first, second season? Second season. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, if the Padres keep playing like they are, it's not going to be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one comes to see losers. You sure. Know? I mean, I love you, Padres. <laughs> so uh, how are you How are you building your, your par sheets? I mean, how are, you, how are you prepping? Do you get ticket counts before those games? No. Uh, yes, you do. You but do an the, estimated ticket count? There is, you know, you give everything up there. That's the hard part. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a Delaware North company. Yep. And being that it's a second year, I'm already having a better year. My cooks are better. Uh, the management's better. You know, we just really stood up for what we knew. Because our first year, you don't know what. Because that's all, that's all their labor, right? That's all their labor. Yeah, so right? you have so to work with them. We do I, the same thing down at uh, Levy, down at Valley View Casino Center. Oh, okay. But, you know, we have a great relationship with them. So we tell them, hey, this is fucking unacceptable. And they fix it right no, away. And that's what it took. A year of, you know, me being loud. And now they don't want to hear from me. It worked, you know, but they also understand it's a respect thing also. Look, I'm representing my restaurant still, and you're trying to help me represent it. But if you're doing this, we might as well just close because all you're doing is hurting me. You know, you you say that enough, but now we go in, and it's it's like you're going into work. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of camaraderie that they all have now. It's not like I'm going into Delaware North. Yeah. I'm going into Carnita Snack Shack when I walk into my spots. Because they have to buy in. If yeah. they don't buy in, then no, it's fucking I'm, impossible. You know, again, this year has already been off. Way better foods coming out. And I changed the menu. First year, you know, I had too many components on dishes. Yep. It wasn't working. This year, I do a loaded tots. Tater tots, carnitas, chipotle barbecue, crema. Done. Easy. Selling the crap out of it. Right. A burger with carnitas and bacon on top. Sometimes Done. simplicity Done, is huge. You know, when I'm trying to do like three con, you know, three relishes and, <laughs> you know, two aiolis on a chicken sandwich because it's awesome, but they're overcooking the chicken. There's right. not enough, you know, it's here. Let's go. Because, as you know, Valley View or whatever, it's... Oh, it's, a it's a way different way of cooking. Absolutely. Right? It's a different I said way of we cooking. use shovels instead of spatulas. Do, yeah, you, do you go into that partnership trying to break even, or do you try to be profitable? Because I know... Okay, so we try I... to be profitable, <laughs> but the reality after last year, I made a few thousand. Yeah. And so by I know, few, I mean it wasn't double digits. Yeah. Uh, Tarantino, Benny, Tar- Benny Taravella, who's one of my best friends at Tarantino, I mean, they do the same thing, but he's like... Look, if we fucking break even or make a few thousand bucks, like it's all for exposure. And that's kind of what we win. This year, we're trying to focus a little more on getting some more money and right. the way we're selling, the way we're approaching the menu, the simplicity of it, the simplicity and, that and keep it consistent. And consistent, you know. And what's great is I've because of working with them, and I worked hard last year. I was putting in sixty hours a week in the first month, 
So Fun. I earned a lot of respect from the chefs that actually work at Delaware. Right. right. Oh, down so there? this year. Down, down there. So this year I went down to Petco. Where the fuck was all your other time? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sleeping. <laughs> Sleeping. I mean, that's, but that's why I've learned. You put something like Ivan around you, somebody, you know, like Lou, who I have down at the Embarcadero, or Felipe that I have in North Park. They're never, if something's wrong, they're going to tell me. I don't have to wait to hear it. Yeah. You know, so I've been able to stay up on it on the two restaurants and work at Petco. But this year, I've probably put in 30 hours a week mm-hmm. and had more success. Right. I mean, the week prior, yeah, I put in maybe 100 hours because I trained. But they, it's like, it feels like Braveheart or whatever, where they <laughs> gave me five of their cooks that I trained, and those five trained the others. Right. You that's, know, so it's, that's it, good. it's a good experience this year, a lot better. Well, I think, you know, probably one of the things that Derek and I, we've talked about, but for us to scale, we have to have people that we can lean on and we have to have people that they feel, you know, like it's their business. And, you know, if I don't have someone like Eric, you know, who's my general manager, who I hired in the parking lot in 2000, uh, literally in January of 2008, Beers I, and hired, hugs? I hired him in the fucking parking lot. Um, it's like, dude, we're going to, we're going to do something big here. It's going to be, you know, great. And we fucking scrapped and he was working as a bartender and then he was serving down at POEs because I couldn't give him enough hours and he couldn't make enough money. And, you know, he was the bar manager, but he was also bartending and you go through all those different growing pains, but you realize that the people that are going to help you grow the most are the ones that you, I mean, you can trust through anything, you know? Right. Well, I think that's why it's so exciting to be kind of working with Ivan again, you know, that he's grown and, done even more than i could have ever taught him you know but we scrapped to get there yeah you know and now he's flourishing where he's at you know and he has the ability to help you know and sure. that's what we're looking for is to bring something that day one people are like damn right you know we're not trying to figure it out you know we got to learn on the machine you know that's sure. our biggest challenge is okay we have a new smoker i mean the one i even has down at the deck is you know you could drive a car in it almost but <laughs> right <laughs> you know, how do we take that same idea and put it in a smaller unit? Okay. Sure, sure. Those are the the struggles you're going to have. Um, you know, what kind of what type of grades are you guys going to use for your beef? Are you guys going to use choice prime? Do you know what you guys are going to get yet? Or uh, we're still going to be we're still sampling, so we're going to be uh, yeah. I mean, as soon as they be able to close down and are you guys going through U.S. Food, Cisco, Shamrock, Harvest? But we get luckily we we got Newport and Hamilton Meats mm-hmm. as our Kind of maybe for some of it, you know, I, I don't think, I mean, not that I'm against chicken, but I don't think that <laughs> if you have a decent chicken, you can make it taste as good as any other chicken, you know? And yeah, I appreciate Mary's and all the Jadori, but if I sat down and did two different, smoked them the same, you probably wouldn't know. But I think on beef and ribs, that's where we have to pay the extra or pay more attention to. And I think that's what we're trying to do is... You know, I mean, I don't know. I, again, you know, there's the business side of it where there's profitability, but the other part is, if I serve a better product and get ten people in instead of one, I'd rather have the ten cents from ten than a dollar from one. Yeah, one of the funny things that Mike Mills kind of taught us is that it's only you know how much your barbecue should cost, so you can price it as whatever you want to price it and whether it's good or bad you know the truth and if you're putting out a good product you're using you know usda prime we use <clears throat> usda prime and, and wagyu um, briskets and stuff and we can get the top dollar because we know how much there's a labor of love that we put into it and we're, we're standing behind all our product and sometimes you know with different you know primes and wagyu it does turn out a little drier if the you know 
if I, if I have someone else besides Chris on my smoker, because they don't understand how fast it breaks down. Um, but I have to stand behind that product and let people know that if, it, if there is a mistake, we'll take care of you the next time and we'll, we'll get, get you back. Um, but just being really, really focused on those things, I think so what kind of sets a lot of us apart from the other person that's just worried about bottom dollar and transactional stuff. Um, you're not going to succeed if that's what you're looking at. Just that no, bottom I'm dollar. I'm going to sell a ton of fries. And onion rings. Lots of onion rings. <laughs> right. And pulled pork. I mean, that's a Fuck fucking yeah. big profit maker right there. Hell yeah. Speaking right. of, speaking oh, yeah. of, speaking of pulled pork, tell us about the birth of the triple threat. Like your most fucking popular sandwich that's written, yeah. written about, blogged about. Well, that's, you I know, mean, I was it, kind of a fan of Adam Richman at the time, you know, the, the guy that tries to eat the biggest things. I'm like, that's gross, but how can I make something? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm a big dude, but I still don't want to freaking mow five pounds of burger. Right. I mean, I still want to feel good. And uh, so I wanted something that was kind of over the top without being gross, you know? And so we just experimented, and I found texturally that that combination worked. Tell us about it. What you know, and it's, so it's the pulled pork. We cook it actually different. We cook pork differently for different dishes. Sure. And that's what I guess excites me about barbecue. Just because it's the same cut doesn't mean it has to be prepared the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do different, you can experiment. And sure. so we cook that kind of a simple tomatoes and onions. It's like a regular braise. And then we do the pork loin that we pound out and fry a Milanesa style. So it's crunchy. And then the applewood smoked bacon, you know, to top it off. But all that richness, we came up with the, actually, I'll shout out to my friend Christopher Dale singer-songwriter here in town. Oh, nice. He actually came up with a pickle relish that we have. That's so fucking good. My you wife, know, every time. One extra, day we're extra, in his pickle, house. Extra pickle relish. We came up with Don't it. Don't fuck so around. I added the roasted bell pepper just to get um, a little color and that kind of smokiness that mm-hmm. I love to finish off the dish. But that's how it became. And the shack aioli is, uh, you know, Giordana mixed with, uh, we use QP at the restaurant. I'm a fan of the Japanese mayo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that mix with it, it doesn't break down, and that acidity helps, you know, and that's kind of went from that. That's the number one seller at all locations? Actually, our tacos are. Oh, really? That's number two. Oh, wow. Did not know that. Yeah. Where are you guys getting your tortillas from? Are you making Uh, them? Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah, they come every day, still steaming in the bag. It's so awesome. probably why I'm a fatty, (laughs) because how do you not eat two or three every morning? You know, they're perfect. I I agree, man. Tortillas are my nemesis. I'm going through this... uh, workout stuff lately and been trying to eat right and i'm like if i could just have a fucking tortilla like all right anything in a tortilla. it doesn't fucking matter if it's a good tortilla I'm, i mean i grew up I'm, I'm half hispanic so i was in mexico my whole life growing up and it was like dude everything we had grandma was just like here mijo give me a fucking tortilla and it's just you slap everything on there and that's right. that just reminds me of ham and cheese and a freaking <laughs> good flour tortilla from pancho villa there when you it's go. hot Fu- oh fuck challenge it pancho villa yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm eating those fucking tortillas before i, I leave just, i'm gonna electrocute just myself i'm drooling on all this equipment <laughs> right here <laughs> don't fuck around with pancho villa that place yeah. is incredible um ivan del mar so you, uh, we pestered you enough to get you to fucking come out and compete in Del Mar. Oh, man, that was awesome. That was an honor. That was great. We were honored to have you out there. Tell us about, was that your first Kansas City Barbecue that Society yeah, contest? Yeah, that was my first. Uh, it was great. It was awesome. It was a great experience. Uh, I met some really cool people. Uh, I think we did well, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, but, you know, in a competition like that with that kind of talent, uh, doing well is not good enough. You have to really kick it up a few notches to, you sure. know. To really, you know, so like I said, as a learning experience, it was awesome. 
Uh, I do want to, like I said, I'm look, looking forward to this year's because mm-hmm. I've been, you know, since the day after that competition, <laughs> I've been working on some new stuff and really, like I said, I really focused on it. That's usually uh, what happens. You get that bug. You're like, fuck, if I would have just done this and yeah. you start making stuff, I, you're like, oh my God, I, I could have yeah. garnished it like this. Or I, I think I, we played it safe and we did what we normally do. But like I said, when you're next to that type of talent, you really have to. It's impressive. Overdo yourself. You really, yeah, I was, yeah. I was I mean, very, until you yeah. go out and compete in a KCBS, Kansas City Barbecue Society event, you don't realize how fucking committed these people are. Oh, yeah, no, I was, I mean, as committed as you are to building Carnitas, that's how yeah. fucking committed they are on the weekend to compete in these events. And, you know, the, the amount of money that they're investing and the big rigs and the time and the effort. Um, and there's even people that don't have the money and they're just out there fucking scrapping anything yeah. that they can do to, you know, participate because they have the love and they have the passion for barbecue. Oh, definitely. There was a lot of that there. It was awesome. Yeah. It was really, I said, really, I'm really, I'm excited about it. I'm really looking forward to doing. What do you think work. was the biggest challenges as far as learning the KCBS rules or turn, turn in times or uh, managing I think, that? Well, yeah, that, and I think, uh, like I said, I mean, I think I want to definitely like I said, play around more with my recipes, try to be a little more original rather than keeping it safe and doing what we normally do. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think that's important. I want to, you know, I'd like to stand out in a way instead of just kind of make, make it your own. Same. Exactly. Yeah. So you stand out when the judge takes a bite. Like, oh, that, that was yeah. different and really, really good. Exactly. Man. So that's yeah. what, yeah. So that's what I'm really, like I said, I've been focusing on and I've been working on it since the day after. So <laughs> I think good. it'll definitely be a new game. Well, a different game for me. I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. That's awesome. Did you did did this? Did you want to open up a full service restaurant, or did how did the how did the whole thing come? come it's to just fruition? really funny. I mean, honestly, it's a chef Willie called me up one day. He's like, "Bro, come check this place out in San Carlos." And I'm like, "What? You know where? I Lake Murray Boulevard? Like, what's out there?" He's like, "Nothing. <laughs> Nothing <I'm> here." <laughs> you know, well, Parky's my new favorite place. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Navajo lies growing on me, but uh, we went out there and looked at it, and we're like, "Holy, you know, wow!" and because of Willie's relationship with the uh, realtor, you know, we were able to do it for what was realistic. You sure. know, definitely wasn't free, but it wasn't five dollars a foot gas lamp, right? You know, square foot. It, it made it, and it's, it wasn't seventeen thousand dollars. Yeah, correct. Well, you know, right? I think about that, and I just like wow. for half the space. Yeah, for, for, for half reals, the fucking space. For half the space. Holy shit! You know, it was uh, again. I think you almost have to have some setbacks i don't want to quite say failure because it wasn't a failure it was a setback you know and you learn like i even did last year at the barbecue competition i mean i learn every day that you use a side towel and you take something out of the oven you know <laughs> you know but it's a process and i think if you get something out of each setback you only get stronger and that was a humongous setback yeah I and mean, it's been two year and a half since we've been closing we're still making a massive payments on it yeah you know, I mean, we were blessed that Mendocino Farms went in, you know. For sure. Took over the lease. Up. I just got off the personal guarantee. Yeah. Right. Huge. Yeah, that's <laughs> Just signed huge. another one. Oops. But, <laughs> but I think the opportunity to be where we're at is great. And to even have you guys reach out to me. Oh, You fuck. know who, I mean, Ivan's always been huge fans. That's I mean, my guy. We've been. I'm, seriously, I, like since. Uh, we met fuck it must have been right early on because i've been going to carnitas i probably not since 2011 but maybe 2012 yeah 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 and then i would go pick up a triple threat for yeah. me and my wife mm-hmm. and you were running the window and your i mean your attitude and the way that you were running your ship i mean i saw why you were put in that position that's for sure oh, thank right. you. No, no, you started cool. playing with barbecue and 
I mean, we own a lot of toys now. That's, I guess, the fun <laughs> part. They're toys that can actually make you profit. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you do it right. I mean, it's we have the the one that we did the fish with that Ivan talked about from Catalina. It's a cedar one. It's in his yard, and it's been everything. He just moved into a nice house. Now we're spreading out all over his yard. We actually thought, we'll back the trailer in here. We got, you know, that yard will be full in a second. But we have all this stuff that now we can finally pull from all these yards and friends' homes that we've been storing stuff at and have a main space to do it. But I think that's what's got us so even more excited is here's this opportunity out in East County, you know, to try to hopefully bring some passion out here. Well, we, I mean, that's the thing that really excites us the most to have somebody, you know, of your caliber, an industry icon in San Diego that you've gotten notoriety for all the right reasons. You know, you, it's not, this isn't fake. You are who you are and people respect, no, they respect the fuck out of you. I mean, you know, you go out and you do charity events, you go out and you put yourself out there, you educate your customer. You've done so much for North Park. I mean, Embarcadero, you're part of that whole entire movement. And for us, to have you coming out to East County, that gets us so excited because Derek and I, I mean, his family's been screaming about how great Spring Valley is for 62 years. You know, I, I've been for 10 years, you know, trying to find other like-minded business owners that care. You know, we care. Not only do we care, we almost care too much. You know, uh-huh. we're putting every single fucking ounce of effort into what we do to make something exciting for the people that live out here and the people that come from different parts of the county to come out and visit. Right. And that, and I think that's it is you guys, the first time Ivan took me, to, I, we were, I was, how did I not know? And I guess that's the shame yeah. part that, wow, there's a Tracy Borkham word, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a bummer that it took somebody who's a foodie like me to have you know to have the first experience sure let's try to get more people to have this and not just settle sure you know and the big thing everybody's like, oh you're out in you know wherever san carlos seriously willie lives in chula vista mm-hmm. i live in north park we've tried to time ourselves from everywhere around no more than 18 minutes it's, it's or quick. less i mean that, that's the beautiful you know, that's thing what, about san diego ah, you're waiting mm-hmm. to drive down 30th street from one end to the other is going to take you longer just get off on Nav- what it is. get off on navajo go under the bridge and you're right? fucking there, you're there. Yeah. it's just and that's i guess what we have to try to relay like it's not hard to get to your place right? no it's, oh my god but i know when you say spring valley people think fallbrook or well, shit even you know, like, I, oh, I live in, i live in Hamul. So people are like, dude, you live in the fucking sticks. I'm like, no, don't. Not really. Not really. It's not really that far, man. Yeah, it's not like, really. I mean, from here to my house, I think it takes me 12 minutes to get home. I'm not mad about it. Yeah. You know, I'm right. fucking, <laughs> Sean knows how I deal with traffic. So. Oh, Jesus. It yeah. Is, it's, it's, it's He's not a traffic man for sure. Uh-uh. Yeah. I mean, one of the cool things, you know, we had Stacy Poonkinney, who's a dear friend of us, um, of Derek, of the show. Um, you know, she introduced us to Abby, who's uh, Derek's right hand. She's in the office. She runs our Del Mar event. And our Shout out to Abby. Event. Get better. She's yeah. sick right now in the I mean, office. She's, still she's grinding just been away. such an incredible help to us. She's but, a saint. But Stacy, you know, running the Trails Eatery, she was in the same position as we were. You know, people are like, why are you going out to a place that there's, you know, there's just no business? And she's proven that if you take care of the neighborhood and you do what people are asking, you can have an incredible business. You know, and that's fortunately what we've been able to do. Thankfully, you know, for 10 years, been able to go through all kinds of different ups and downs. And, you know, for the neighborhood to deal with all the different changes that we've done at Cali Comfort, um, you know, it, it hasn't been easy. You know, it hasn't been easy. And some well, of those. That's great to hear. It's kind of making me feel even more excited because 
we're changing something that people had an expectation. Sure. They're coming in, you know, as we're doing our experimentation right now is, you know, oh, what are you changing? Like, that's almost a bummer, but yes. I think we're only going to make it better. Right? Yeah. But there's some people that are so used to that, that same thing. And you changed your place already so many multiple times, times, right? That multiple, how, multiple you know, times. Look, we're only making it better, but it's hard. People are set. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. I mean, Change is the hardest thing people have to do in their lives. Right. right? I mean, for, even for us, for in here, we were a commodity grocery store. My dad was still trying to, you know, compete with the Albertsons, the Bonds, and all those places. When I came in 11 years ago, I'm like, look, if I'm going to invest money, if I'm going to do stuff, we have to change to a specialty store. We have to do something that people aren't doing. I have to be able to carry barbecue sauces you can't get anywhere else, different beers you can't get anywhere else. I can't. I cannot compete with Costco's. All those places, they're going to fucking put us under. And, um, you know, again, it was that change and it was scary. And, you know, you lose money a little bit at first. And, you know, you know for us, for the produce, we just did a big renovation with organic stuff in the first <clears throat> three weeks. Obviously, I, I lost a lot of money because I'm throwing stuff away. And then now it's just crazy profitable. But it's those things that you have to take that leap and do it. And your community, they'll, I mean, that that's a pretty rad community over there, too. They'll, they'll get yeah. behind it for sure. No, we've, we've been, been told probably more than we wanted to hear so far. Right. But it's also making us think different. I mean, sure. it's it's been really a great experience, you know. And I think that's it's a, a neighborhood is what you said. You yeah. know, North Park's a community. Yeah. But San Carlos or... You know, this whole area out here, Spring Valley. It's a village. You know, that it's a village. It's, but people are... East County is... I mean, we're I'm on that Lake Murray next door. Holy crap, is that <laughs> thing busy? I almost have to turn it off. <laughs> Did you find the cat, the lost cat? Yeah, no, I look for it, though. But I try to find the guy driving around with headband over his eyes. Oh, shit. You know, it's, it's so funny. But I guess that's more than I've seen anywhere else. Yeah. Right? Is that how they're all trying to be take care of each other. And I think that's what's going to be so great about being out here. I mean, I think at the end of the day, no matter where you are in the world, and if you have a desire to open up a restaurant, ultimately, you know, the way that we talk about it is it is a village. And if you don't embrace the village, you know, you can come in with your ideas and say, hey, we're going to do barbecue in Spring Valley. But, you know, we had to do barbecue the Spring Valley way. And we learned, you know, we learned along the way of what's going to work and what's not going to work. Some of the things, you know, were basically feedback from guests saying, you know, we, we want to have this, we have to have this. Um, other stuff was no one told us, but we just felt it in our heart that it was right. Cool. Um, and then it came around, you know, but part of the thing too is just because we're doing it now doesn't mean that, you know, in six months we can't, we revamp our menu and do what you're doing right. at Carnitas. You know, and, exactly. But that's what I had to do. I guess that we have so many people, you know, like the triple threat will never go away, but there are things that, you know, you can only eat so much, you yeah, know, I mean, right. I, there's people that are crazy about the BLT, but it's a slow seller. You know, that's what that grilled cheese sloppy joe's replacing. That's isn't you know, that we're the throwing fun? on a couple little some. You know, we're doing some pork belly sliders. I do down in Barcadero. I put a cauliflower taco on, but it's selling like crazy. Yeah. And I just it's going to be an edible San Diego this month or next month. You know, because of it. You know, oh, the pork king's doing a veggie thing. But the reality is. We're in business. You're in business. And I listen, you know, you do have to listen to people. Well, you well, you listen, but sometimes the loudest people are yelling about products that are the slowest sellers, you know, and exactly yeah. what you said. And at the end of the day, you have to look at your PMIX and go, well, we can't, we can't justify having this as much as I know that there's certain people that love this and maybe they post about it and they talk about it. But at the end of the day, there's not enough justification to keep this thing on the menu. Yeah. 
No, because it's taking uh, up space. It is. You know, you know, it's taking up prep time. Three things on that one sandwich that I won't have to buy when it's gone. Yep. You know, and that's you know it's sad because it's you know I'm losing the ham aspect of the restaurant. <laughs> but you know maybe I'll bring that back another way. Right. Sure. You know it's it's what like you said. It doesn't have to be forever. You know, and understanding what people want. You know, it's the other market there. We do a fish taco. That's like the number three seller there. Right. But we're on the water. You yep. know, and right. people kind of. The expectation was there. The How long is the yeah. lease down there? Is that with the port? Oh, yeah. It's like, I'll be dead. I mean, I hope to God I am. <laughs> That's well, cool. We appreciate you guys coming out every week. We try to do a social shout-out. This week, we're going to do a social shout-out to Nom Nom Good. She actually came in um, and asked to, for me to get her some uh, Tom. No, she dm me on instagram yep. gave me uh asked if i would bring in some tomahawk ribeyes for her um got him in on a wednesday she entered the traeger meat madness i think meat it was madness what, what it was Challenge, called yep. and she fucking made it really really far i think she I made think it to uh the finals the finals she made it to the finals her tomahawk uh, ribeyes so this week's social shout outs to her she did an amazing job we're going to send her a behind the smoke mug. Um, so send us your address. We'll get that out to you. We can't thank you guys enough for taking the time to come out, shoot this shit with us and just kind of go over. Um, but now you guys are going to fucking be jumped into our gang and yeah. not be able to get how rid do, of us. How do people right. find you? Um, where, what's the social handle for? I don't know. That's I got, I got it. Well, yeah, you know, there's, we're still in that, you know, so I mean, it's, obviously it's, it's uh, at, pioneer barbecue sd um in the show notes too yeah. we'll put proper links uh to the website the facebook page um twitter account all those things are important if you listen to the show digital marketing um kind of it the restaurant wouldn't be open if it wasn't for digital marketing i promise you that um and for us we're just really fucking excited that you guys are going to be out here in east county um derek and i whatever you need we're here um, you need a smoker, we got you. You need Cambros done. You need us to come out and fucking oh, yeah. uh, food, meat, whatever. whatever. You got. I mean, there's been times where you're running short. Hit me up. We got lots of stuff. So we'll I know. Take care. Just, yeah. appreciate that. It's just so close. Everything out here. It's. Yeah. I guess it's opened my mind to this area even more than I thought it was. That that 125 was pretty bitching yeah. to get anywhere. Right? Yeah, it's rad. And that's the coolest part about San Diego is there's so many different pockets and neighborhoods that are underserved. You know, they don't have places like Carnita Snack Shack or a Cali Comfort or Valley Farm. And the more that people go outside of their boundaries, so it's not just gas lamp driven or it's not, you know, La Jolla or PB, you know, people right. branch out. These communities can actually really, really use that, you know. Um, Thank you guys for listening to the show. If uh, this is coming out on Friday, if you can make it out to Cali Comfort all weekend, we're partying. Uh, Fridays, pint glasses. Saturdays, Padres meet Twitter meetup. Uh, that's at 5 o'clock. And Sunday morning, we're giving away shirts. Uh, we built this bar. That was our original Cali VIP shirt. Uh, Nick from Left Coast helped us print, and we uh, we did a throwback shout-out to that. So if you come in 7 a.m. for breakfast, um while we have shirts, get them. While we have pint glasses, get them. And thank you guys for supporting the show, listening to the podcast, and keep tagging us in your photos and make sure to get out to a Pioneer Barbecue. And if you haven't had a triple threat at Carnita Snack Shack, go there immediately and get one. Heard on that. <laughs> hey, guys, this is Sean and Derek, and we just really want to thank you for listening to the podcast. It means the world to us. 
we'd like you to go check out BehindTheSmokeMedia.com. That's our website where we have barbecue resources for you to help build your barbecue business. Uh, we also have events listed, so anything that's happening in the West Coast barbecue movement, uh, anything that's going on, we want you to go check that out so you can learn more and get involved. We also have show notes uh, from all the episodes, so anything we talked about in the episodes, you can find detailed show notes there. Um, plus, you can just get in touch with us. It's important that uh, we're here as a resource for you, so please reach out. Let us know how Derek and I can help you with your barbecue journey. Uh, get involved, stay curious, and uh, follow us on social at Barbecue War Stories. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.